Everything Football Fantasy Podcast built upon the love of the beautiful game for nearly 10 years. Everything Football has been a place for like-minded individuals to share stories and celebrate success. And we are back, episode 13, if I can count that high. Uh, and what a week it's been. It's an international break, so we won't focus on the league. We will talk about fantasy football. First thing on everyone's mind, though, what's going on in the England camp? Let's break it all down. Fantasy Podcast episode 13. It's built upon the love of the beautiful game. As always, we are here. Dylan Fennell, how are you, my friend? So good, so good. And, mate, I've got to say we have to touch on the league because there's some amazing results that need to be discussed. There are some big ones as well. Someone who won't be too sad to talk about the results in the league either. Five wins on the trot for Chelsea. Jesh McDonald, how are you, my friend? Yeah, no, I'm good. Ready to get into it. All right. Well, it's been a, a big week. And, obviously, game week uh, 12 was in the in the bag. Game week uh, episode 13, I always get confused with that one. But a couple of key reactions or initial reactions from the key results, Dylan? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've got to talk about it. Liverpool fan, I'm obviously pretty stoked with um, with the result, but stoked with the um, with the performance as well. Mm. Um, you know, I'm, I mean, City were never out of it, um, but, you know, we got the job done. So I'm extremely chuffed with that. And then I think it was a weekend where the pressure kind of came off a lot of managers except at uh, at the Emirates, I think. Yeah, I know. And it's, uh, we're going to talk in depth about these managers that are under fire. Arsenal result, 2-0 Leicester. Not even really surprised. Not surprised at all, to be honest. Um, there's got to be heat on him, doesn't there? Yeah, definitely. And you're a, you're a Jamie Vardy fan uh, and a Brendan Rodgers fan. Oh, Jesh, how do you think Leicester's looking going into, well, the rest of the season, really? What are they, third on the table? Second on the table? The second. 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 Yeah. second on the table, I believe. And playing um, good football. Yeah. They're brilliant. Yeah, outstanding. Jamie Vardy's a, a, a world-class striker, and his his work rate and his desire, it just, it's contagious. But yeah. um, on the other side of that, Arsenal, you know, uh, after after 12 games, um, they they actually haven't been in a, in a worse predicament since 1982. So things aren't looking good over there at all. Mm, and they're looking at uh, kind of the big accusation against Arsenal for years has been not spending money. Uh, Leicester, by all accounts, probably not so much an expectation to spend money in a better position. And just touching on Jamie Vardy really quickly, could have gone to Arsenal a couple of seasons ago. Arsenal didn't want to fork yeah. out the money. And, and he chose uh, not to. And he chose not to. And here he is, still banging goals. Obviously, uh, James Madison. He's got, he's got 11 goals. He's leading the league. Um, Abraham close behind him. Um, Had to slip that um, one. Yeah. So the, the the old Vardy's back, you know. Like you look at him um, uh, when he was under Ranieri. This is a type of thing that he did. It was it was his work ethic. It was his work off the ball that really created things. Um, and it appears that he's obviously loving working under Rodgers because he's doing it again. And I think in between um, those two managers, he he kind of fell away a little bit. Mm. So he's clearly thriving and and enjoying his time. It looks like he's always playing with a chip on his shoulder. I've always really liked, really liked. But a couple of other uh, key results as well. Chelsea, 
touch on that one. 2-0 against Crystal Palace and obviously Abraham and everyone's favourite American Captain America uh, on the pitch as well and on the score sheet. What was your take, Jess? Yeah, that's right. Um, away form, second best in the league. Someone who, who didn't get their 74th consecutive start, um, Azpilicueta, gave way to Therese James, who's looking really promising um, at, at their back as well and going forward for Chelsea. Um, so, yeah, really, really happy considering the um, bit of a, a tumultuous start, you could say, to the season against um, an informed Manchester United. You'd have to be chuffed with the the clean sheet, wouldn't you, Josh? That's probably been a little bit of the criticism of Chelsea and Lampard so far. Yeah, it's always good to get a clean sheet. Um, if we flick over to fantasy for a, for a split second, I've got Alisson in goal and I'm, <laughs> I'm just kicking myself. Um, still that I've got him um, between the sticks. Um, have, haven't haven't kept a clean sheet at Anfield all season, I think. Um, yeah, all right. For, for Liverpool. Don't go on about it. <laughs> <laughs> just touching quickly, quickly on a man you did mention, though, Reese James. He's uh, just recently been signed by Jay-Z's uh, sports firm, uh, along with his sister, who's in the uh, Manchester United women's, women's squad. I don't know if you know that. But Jay-Z making his name for himself as a kind of an agent of sports yeah, right. uh, stars. But... Yeah, so he's been picked up. Obviously, sees some some potential in him as well. Uh, yeah, w- w- what's up with his hairdo? Have you seen his haircut? It's got these kind of short dreads. Yeah, they're like I'm it's like a, it's like a dread bowl cut, kind of like something like, like a dread bowl <laughs> cut. Yeah. yeah, have you seen um, Kyle Kuzma's hair as well? Same kind of thing. It's like, guys, what's what's going on? <laughs> Something's in the water. You get so you earn so much money, you'd think you'd. Uh, you know, afford a haircut. I suppose it, it's all in the the way Lampard's been finding everyone, though. They can't afford a haircut now. Obviously, that's been <laughs> in the news a little bit, too. He's probably late for training. <laughs> um, obviously, Spurs as well, probably not so much as a notable result. 1-1 against Sheffield, who sitting pretty in the Champions League yeah. uh, spaces as well. Interesting team to play against that... Um very unique, tactically. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, yeah, I don't think anyone's sort of worked out the... Uh, the perfect way to, to kind of break them down yet. So I don't think anyone's, uh, and Spurs specifically, has figured out how to play at their new stadium either because they're um, not doing too well. I think that's teams just go there and roll the dice and go, well, Spurs will probably fuck it up. So yeah, we'll give it a nudge. Um, yeah, yeah, Spurs we'll nudge. Is, is one of those teams um, that they've got 14 points. It's the lowest they've had after 12 games in an EPL season since 08 09. But um, reading someone yesterday that that said that um, Tottenham Stadium actually has really good atmosphere, which I, which goes against sort of what I see in the memes. Mm. Um, apparently, it's a it can bounce there from time to time, but nothing to really celebrate as of late. Yeah, of course. Maybe it's <laughs> that's probably an, the issue. It's an any team stadium. <laughs> atmosphere is great, but could be for the opposition. So <laughs> who knows? Uh, other than that, though. Anything else stand out for you from the, the weekend's fixture? Obviously, Everton got a win, a little bit of pressure for him. I think that's two wins in five, a couple of draws as well. Pressure starting to come off him, or maybe... So, uh, only slightly, only slightly. It is Southampton. We've got to kind of keep that in check. But, mm. you know, a win's a win. Um, uh, maybe Brighton back down to planet Earth a little bit. Um, decent result for United, that. Yeah. Y- you'd expect it. It's at Old Trafford, but they still had to get it done. Yeah, and I was, uh, you know, obviously a bit of a uh, annoyance in the fact that Tomine's looking like he's going to spend a couple of months on the sidelines just as he was starting to get going. He looked at one of their most promising players. Yeah, he's looking really, um, really good. I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do when Paul Pogba comes back in December. He's just got out of a cast and he's coming back in uh, probably well, mid-December, yeah. which you kind of forget 
you know, when he's not playing, how integral he is to kind of their success. He's either going to score a couple of goals and assists or he's going to sock around the pitch and not really do much, but a bit of a coin toss. Yeah, we saw um, Braden Williams yes. um, start for United. He's a, the second player born in the 2000s to start a league match for United. It's just Can you tell me who the up. first was? Who the first person born in the 2000s? Oh, shit. have to be Greenwood, wouldn't it? Nah, it'd be like Andre Gomez or something. That yep, that's the one. Yeah. He's only like 16 or 17 years old. Got to start a couple of seasons ago under Mourinho. Um, but that's fucking nuts. 2000. I even remember what I was doing on the New Year's of 2000. So that's... Was it a Christian camp? Yeah, you were. Riding a horse. Holding hands with someone. <laughs> <laughs> you bad boy. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was basically like having sex. Christian <laughs> yeah, basically, uh, yeah. it was. It's all that was allowed. Ah, in there, in there. Um, no, but it's, you know, it's. I'm excited about United. Promising times, promising signs. Anyway, let's crack straight into actually some of the more juicy elements of the weekend. <laughs> That's the kind of story of of VAR. You've either scored four or you scored none, and Every goddamn week, man. Every goddamn week, we can pull a couple. Let's go straight to the the fixture at the back end of uh, the game week and also the first one we spoke about tonight. couple of calls there. Um, could say it's contentious if you're a City fan. Probably just the rub of the green on the day if you're a Liverpool fan. I, I just think that, you know, back to what I said last week, that VAR is fucking every weekend of football yeah. at the moment, literally. Like, as a... You know, I kind of look at it, if I look at it as a Liverpool supporter, I go, yeah, okay, we copped one against United that whether VAR should be included or not, I look and I go, okay, we copped one against United, didn't go our way. This one went our way. Um, so, yeah, okay, that, that's how I look at it from as a Liverpool fan. But being completely non-biased, that's a fucking penalty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like... Uh, the only argument that I can come up with is that it came off Silver's hand into Arnold's hand, and you can say that okay, if it doesn't hit Silver's hand, then it doesn't go on to Arnold's. That's the only thing that I can come up with. But VAR, they say that if if it leads to a goal, that it it'll be scrubbed out from a um, offensive perspective. So even in that scrap, if if um, City score, it gets rubbed out anyway but it's just the consistency i think that that really frustrates me the fact that you don't ever know what's going to go on yeah it's inconsistent in the same game as well it's almost like they're trying to justify entire situations rather than just the contentious decision and that's making it a little bit more cloudy than it actually is yeah i i I think that the the decision late in the game um that's that's never a pen that one Absolutely no chance, but yeah, the the first one that comes off silver into Arnold, the arms away from the body. I, I can't. I honestly, I don't get it anymore. I don't understand it. Yeah. What would you do, Jish? If you could right now, would you bin it? Well, when the decisions go your way, you don't mind. (laughs) But when you feel robbed, and if the table would have shaped up differently, you kind of wish there was something there to make some kind of omnipresent ruling over the whole thing but when you're pulling uh you're pulling god down every week you know for every match and he's getting it wrong 
kind of going, mate, you've got one job up there. Yeah. Get it right. But mm, hard to say. I think the only short-term solution is that the Premier League allow the match official to go and look at the screen. So the VAR person in the ear goes, hey, ref, there's something to look at here. You need to go and take a look and make a decision for yourself because they've obviously not called it at the time for a reason. So you should give them the opportunity to still referee the game, go and watch it, and then give their their call based on it. That's the only short-term does that, solution. Does you think that leads to people, do you think that leads to them not backing their call, being hesitant at the time? Or do they need to make a call and then they have the ability to go and overturn it? Like, I just don't understand how that would That's work. That's how you get consistency, game. I think. Yeah. Because at the moment, you've got two different referees refereeing. Yeah. And, you know, they are different in, in personalities and, and the advantages that they let go and things like that. So if the on-field referee can make a decision and be helped with his own judgment to make a decision, then maybe that's a better way to go. I mean, it I might just, take a bit more time, but I see it in, in club football, even over here, Dill, in Queensland. Right, you got refs who are mic'd to each other, so the technology is available already. Problem with that being a player, and this is not even professional, right? Is that the referees spend half the fucking game talking to each other and justifying the calls they're making. I know Premier League footballers would not accept that. You've got to know that it's happening currently on the pitch, right? Like the linesman will be talking to the ref all the time. They just seem a lot more decisive because they're not out of line. And obviously the linesmen are, are good. The linesmen are trash generally when you're playing kind of amateur football. But I just feel like that if you put that on a professional stage, the ability to go check in the screen yourself, that it kind of creates a little bit of... You know, you don't. You're not going to need to be so decisive on the spot. You go, ah, I won't let it go. Yeah, I, I can understand the. Yeah, I can. I, I can understand where you're coming from, and there there is a certain amount of that that's coming. That's kind of the way that the linesmen's are coached, I suppose you could say, is to to keep the flag down, um, to give their opinion after. So once it's played out, if they think it was offside, they then put their flag up. Yeah, and then they can review it. So. I think from a linesman's perspective, it's probably more impact than the match official in in the middle. You know, they have the ability to um, to overturn most decisions mm. with the help of VAR. So, how about another referee, sort of behind the goal or on the goal line? They had that in Europe for a while and in the World Cups. Yeah, for they had a while, the blokes with the stick, but they did fuck all <laughs> before they like, and they would <laughs> see fouls right in front of them and yeah, just do nothing. Let them go. Like, was, yeah, They're like now we're just to a judge if the ball goes over the. It line. was like they needed to write off some more wages. Yeah, they just punched them in there. Cost cutting. <laughs> yeah, a set left, and they obviously realised there was he was booking the numbers. Um. So yeah, look, I think that something must change in the. Like next game week, something must change. Um, I'd be shocked if the powers that be in England right now are not meeting daily mm. to um, to kind of come up with a solution because it's the thing that pisses me off is that you know Liverpool have a really good shout now to go all the way, yeah. And I don't want the season to be looked back on and go, oh well, they only won it because you know these VAR decisions went our way. That's fucked. I don't want that to happen. Like, yeah, I want it to be fair and square and and um level playing field across the board, which means that we must have consistency with decisions. I saw there was a, uh, a a Premier League table doing the rounds on social media over the last week of basically what the table would look like if you minused and plused points 
or sorry, what the table would look like if VIR didn't exist, right, basically. Liverpool's not even top, man. They've only benefited by three points through the VAR decisions. I think Wolves was worst off. They were like eight points to the bad or something with, with the way the, the table's shaping up. But to your point, they're probably meeting every week. Hopefully they're not uh, pointing fingers uh, at each other. I suppose one place everyone's pointing their fingers, though, Liverpool at the moment. Jesh, thoughts? Is it theirs to, to lose now? What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I caught up with Andrew Berry because uh, he couldn't make couldn't make the t- tonight's uh, meet up and he said look it's it looks like it's it's ours to lose now mm-hmm. um and it's true we've 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 said it's a two horse race all the way with Leicester and, and and Chelsea and sort of everyone else hanging on but now city are in fourth <laughs> yeah. and um so I guess the question is now is it Chelsea of the early 2000s or you know Newcastle of you know, ninety five, ninety six. Is it? I mean, do they do they storm ahead and keep the juggernaut moving, or do they buckle under well, the pressure? They've got me in two minds. They've been they've been in the whole fabric of winners, win under any circumstance, get it done, get the job done. They haven't been that convincing though. You know, the 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 conceding goals, the not you know, Salah. Yeah, yeah. You know, where where's that sort of massive start to the season he had that sort of you know Egyptian Messi type player seems to be carrying a knock or something like that where's the what, what happens if Robbo goes down injured um, a couple of things could happen there's still um, you know 26 odd games left in the season so 8 points is, is nothing really um, anything could happen there Leicester could keep storming Chelsea could keep storming Liverpool could stumble a couple of times City could come back and that's what that's what we like about the Premier League um, it's almost it's almost it's nice given. To, to, to lump it on Liverpool now and say it's yours to to lose. The pressure's on. The pressure's off City. We're just all chasing you now. So, yeah, I mean that's you saying Salah in a moon boot. You know, not really sure how bad it is. He pulled out England duty. England duty. You got some of the other players who, you know, you lose one of those left or right back. You'd like to think one wouldn't be too bad, but shit, stranger things that happen could be both. What's the worry? You fixed your list in December, maybe? Yeah, well, that, 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 I was just going to say that I'm not sort of willing to call anything until um, we get through until about the 10th of January because our fixture list through that time is just crazy. Um, the the worry for me is little muscle tears under fatigue, yeah. um, trying to back up games and having such a clustered list. So, and, and we don't have the depth. Um, you know, people talk about City struggling at the moment in one position. Um, but their depth across every other position is is ridiculous. We simply don't have that. Mm. Um, you know, Robbo goes down. Yeah, okay, you can put Milner there, but that is still a drop off. Um, yeah. y- you know, you go right back, um, and Gomez can fill that, but that is still a drop off for that position because those two players bring something very Hectic. unique. Both ends of the ball, um, and then you go forward to the the front three. Of course, if if one of those goes, you've got. Um, Origi, you've got Shakiri. Um, you know, we don't have the depth in quality mm. that City has. So what what's coming up in December is is going to be extremely tough. And if we come out of that um, still sitting pretty, then yeah, happy days. Um, but you know, the pressure I'm not worried about this year because I think they showed last year under pressure that that they can do really well. And I don't mean pressure in terms of a points gap. I mean the pressure to win every game. Yeah. Um, you know, City and Liverpool went the last 
uh, what was it, 13, the City's run was bigger at the end of the season, but I think we did 13 games unbeaten or something that then flowed into this year, or maybe 11. Yeah. That's pressure. When there's one point in it, Yeah, that's pressure. It's not pressure now. Um, Do you think the pressure's lessened gap. when you're chasing? Um, yes, I think so. I mean, the, the pressure's going to be on the top of the table regardless because... It's great Liverpool have beaten the the top six, the traditional top six teams already. Um, what what Chelsea struggled with was the um, the teams in the lower end of the table who were yeah, just the ones who take out tooth and nail to avoid relegation. You know, if Liverpool thinks that they can just roll over, um, you know, the the Blades or, or or Newcastle or something like that because of their fixture list, they move some players around. They think they've got an easy game in a in a in a, a minnow side they're going to get bitten. So hopefully we don't see any of that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an interesting point. I'm, I'm, I don't, I still don't think that anyone's figured out how to break down this Liverpool side properly though. I, I don't see anyone actually being able to shackle that front three to not have at least one or two of them have an influence in the game. And then you've got those kind of box to box guys in the middle of the park. It just, and you guys swing in and balls from the right and left. Like you said, doesn't seem like you can break them down. Do you know what I mean? I don't think anyone's cracked it yet. No, it's definitely tricky. I think it's because they're not they're not just reliant on one avenue. If if the fullbacks get shut down, then then they have other ways and means in in which they can get through. And that's why under Klopp, we as a club, we haven't struggled um, against the lower teams. Which Liverpool, in my lifetime since I've been a fan. That's been like our Achilles heel is playing the, the lower teams. We always turn up for the big games. Yeah. It's playing the lower teams that we always struggled when they'd park the bus. We'd never be able to break them down. But under Klopp, touch wood, that doesn't seem to be the case. Bit of a system that kind of recycles the ball and gets moving. I think Barcelona's probably a good nod to that. You know, you get beaten was it, 3-0 away and then they come. And I don't think it was so much of the way that you found a way to block Barcelona I think you just found the key to unlock and play your natural game against a team that was so good um, but maybe a bit of a lesson there to that point there's a few other players that uh, could take scalps um, January transfer window just around the corner though I'll throw this one to you Jesh if you're Klopp who do you go out and buy well <coughs> no one I'd say <laughs> um, maybe Maybe Fraser from Bournemouth. Mm. Um, maybe someone up front. That, that got squashed. But I'd, I'd be adding to the bench, not really to the starting 11. You know, they've got 29 games unbeaten. They've won the Champions League. They're smashing the league. You've got a solid unit. You've got a solid team. Um, a big money signing isn't really going to gel, I don't think, inside a team that operates in the way that Liverpool does. But maybe you've got a couple of players out on loan, a couple of young players coming through. Um, maybe uh, look to, to bring Harry Wilson back or offload him in a deal. Um, they're quite shrewd operators. Um, you know, they've made a couple of mistakes in the past when it comes to, to spending big money on players, <coughs> Carol, um, and things like that. But I think that if they can add to the to the bench. Thanks for the um, 50 mil for Torres. <laughs> <laughs> and Salah Salah went for thirty four mil. Um, Robertson was only eight mil. Fabinho was you know a steal as well. Um, so maybe another a, a shrewd 
um, signing to add some depth to the squad and and keep that um, gel going in the in the first team. No, fair enough. What fair you, enough. I don't think. think I don't, yeah. What, what do you think, Dill? Go on. Um, Who do you buy? Look, at the start of the year, I, I wanted another nine. Yeah. Um, and someone that had the ability to kind of cover for um left or right as well. So, um, the perfect person for me would probably be like Timo Werner. Mm. Um, mm. but honestly, now I. I hope this doesn't bite me in the ass, but I kind of don't want them to buy anyone. Mm. Um, you mean I hope it doesn't bite you in the ass that someone gets injured? Yeah, and that we don't buy anyone, and then and then someone's out or whatever. But I just think, um, you know, if you said to me at the start of the year that Adam Lalana will score um, the equaliser at Old Trafford, I probably wouldn't have believed you. So I think Klopp just has this ability to get the best out of the squad, and it's clearly a very strong unit. So I just think when. Mm. If it's not broken, um, don't fix it. Yeah, you still can improve it. Yeah. You know? People yeah, have a nice skyline yeah. and they still go by a Where cat. can you improve? You you win the European League, a uh, European Cup, where we're unbeaten at home in some stupid amount of games. We haven't lost in the league yet. Like, I, I don't know. I just think in January, in January, I think no. I think next summer, 100%. 100%. But just for January, I just think, no, nah, no need. Yeah, Chelsea in the past struggled with buying expensive players and then we had a teething issue, trying to give them game time, trying to merge them into the team, you know, and they start drawing blanks. At the moment, Liverpool don't have a lot of focus on one player. You know, their their whole unit is, is supporting each other and working for each other. So you need to support that. Um, I think you've got Origi there, you've got Lalana, you've got Ox, you've got some... Um, maybe you need to replace Milner if he if his contract runs out at the end of the season, something like that. But yeah, I'm not sure who could just slip into that Liverpool team and and make a difference. Be a solid unit signing. Yeah, I guess Liverpool are just kind of the sum of many good parts. But I suppose there's also a couple of teams that are well, the sum of their parts is not a very good team, or at least you know some of the managers uh, might be considered not a very good part of that. What do you think? We did touch on it just before with Emery. You think he's going to be given the January transfer window or he gets the boot before? I, I don't think that they would back him with more funds for a, a buy of his decision. If it's a board decision, they might they might take it. But um little rumour flying around today that um, Mikel Arteta is being lined up in case it doesn't work out. Yeah, he was assistant. Is he still assistant? Yeah, to Guardiola. Guardiola, yeah, yeah. I, I think the other thing, another one I was I was reading about was obviously Brendan Rodgers, obviously lost to Leicester, but Brendan Rodgers, whether or not he stays at Arsenal, I'm oh, sorry, at Leicester, that's a whole other conversation. Looking at about £40 million to break Brendan Rodgers' contract and get him to the Arsenal, quite a lot of money for a manager, but then when you look at they spent £75 million on Pepe, does it seem like a bad £40 million spent? No, well, I think, sorry to cut in on you, Jesh, but... Um, I think that why would you leave Leicester to go to Arsenal? Because if you look man for man, <laughs> which squad would you take? Honestly, oh fuck, I wouldn't take Arsenal. That's what I mean. You know, man even, for man, even Leicester's got a Leicester's got a better team. They've got a better culture. They're they won the league more recently. They true. I'm not going to speak about that, but um, you look at 
Leicester as a club, and, and it was unfortunate circumstances that I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name, but the owner died, mm. and the son has now taken it over. And there's He seems there's, more as likeable. Yeah, there's just an amazing culture about that club, and you watch them um, on TV, and you feel that there's an atmosphere around them, around the team, around the ground. It just feels good. And I think, why, why would you leave that and go to Arsenal, which is an absolute shambles? Mm. Your thoughts, Dish? Who would you take? Yeah, Just sack Arteta's got real no managerial experience. I wouldn't get another project. I mean, you you need someone to come in, you know. Maybe look at uh, Allegri or uh, Mourinho still available, um, uh, or or even uh, Enrique's been suggested. Um, you know, maybe getting an, an ex Barca manager who can play a similar style to that style Arsenal like. But in fairness, there isn't a style at Arsenal now. There's no there's, one's there's, really left there's over. There's a need for wins, blood. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like they that need to redefine them. They need, they need to do a lunch or a dinner. You know, <laughs> do, do an offsite. <laughs> do some team building, some trust falls. They would probably do that if they didn't get knifed or had like an enormous security detail. Attempt to get knifed or an enormous security uh, detail. That's that's a that's a really good point. There's kind of no identity around them. Not anymore. It was always pass the ball into the goal. That was the kind of Wenger's bread and butter. But and they take they take a, a manager in the same vein. You know, I just thought uh, Emery, he's a bit pompous. It's probably a good word for him. You know, and that's always the type of manager that Arsenal go for. It's just this like hmm, superior style of football. Maybe they just start hitting the corner flags. That, um, that that Mr. Deeds waiter. Yeah, he does. <laughs> eh? <laughs> A bit of a sneaky, sir. Uh, yeah, you know, that he's, guy. he's you know, if he was that dude, that dude was worth like four billion dollars in that movie. He could probably buy a decent <laughs> player for fucking Arsenal. Um, talking about some players that he could have bought, someone who's looking at going for three hundred and fifty million pounds to Real Madrid is Mbappe, but there has been chat about him going to Liverpool. Would you like to see him in the Premier League? Oh, I'd love to see him in red for sure, but it's never going to happen. It'd blow out our wage structure. We'd never do it. Would you like to see him in the Premier he's been League? Ruled though? out by the manager, no. I think. No, you wouldn't like want to see him in the Premier League. Then play against us. Fuck, Fuck that. He's a weapon, Mate, he's only going to City or United. They're the only two teams that could afford him. Yeah. What do you think? Who Who would you bring to the Premier League? To any team? Obviously, there's been a few chatted about Memphis Depay. Spurs obviously need to go into the transfer market quick. Smart. He's been chatting about going there. Uh, that Ziyech from Ajax. Tottenham been chasing him as well. Pretty well known that Chris and Eriksson's out the door. Who do you think Tottenham need, Jish? One of your London Anyone. rivals. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody? Uh, please. They probably they might lose Poch um, sometime soon. Another one who's actually been playing well for Roma, uh, Lorenzo Pellegrini, not related to the old West Ham manager. Um, I've been watching a bit of Roma because of Chris Smalling. Young central midfielder, isn't he? Yes, he is. Uh Successor to Christian Eriksen and kind of in that same vein as well. Probably same kind of reputation as Christian Eriksen had when he came from Ajax. I always thought Christian Eriksen was like in his late 20s and he turns up to Spurs, he's like 22. I was like, shit, you look terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Probably played a lot of football though, so there's a lot of sweat come off that dome. I think that would moisturise it. Um, Yeah, um, if he goes to to Real or something like that, um, it's kind of get the feeling that he's stopped playing you know, um, since the final 
and you know he might be using a, in a swap deal maybe we see the likes of isco or something like that come over mm. um which which could liven them up a bit but oh, like who wants to go to tottenham you know like how do you attract big big signings to the club you've got yeah. a cool stadium but it doesn't feel like the, the place i'd want to go at the moment if, i'd if, look at Chelsea team or even United I'd rather go to um, you know yeah it feels like Tottenham's peak was the Champions League final you know like they never just felt like the whole club up yeah it'd be like oh this would be sick if we win it quite unlikely that we do ah cool that was a good high let's chase the next one in the next five or ten years you know whereas Liverpool got to that final and you're just like you knew you were watching a machine that was just kind of going to crunch anything that came before it some big decisions to be made uh, before before we do move on, though, I do want to just take a little reference to the Fantasy Premier League table. Done a bit of climbing. Uh, I've done a bit of climbing down. How's your team looking, Dil? Uh, well, uh, 59 points for the weekend, so a little bit above average. Um, I, think, nice. I think I moved up slightly. Yeah, ever so slightly moved up. So I'm still on the first page, which is obviously an enormous positive after my start to the year. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty even across the board in terms of points. So Jimenez scored for me. Uh, Tillman's assist. Salah got his goal. Uh, Richarlison scored. Robertson got an assist. So they're kind of my my uh, my point getters. But I think I'm going to have to put um, old Dunk in Brighton in at the back. He's sitting on my bench and keeps getting points. Mate, he scores goals. Old yeah. Dunk he even scored in the weekend, didn't he? Or I know I don't know if he did, but he certainly played well I'm at the post. To, I'm gonna have to put him in, maybe put Pookie on the bench and just play a four five one. Can't believe you've got fucking Pookie. Well mate. I don't now. Uh, uh, Arsehole's gone, but mate, they'll play in Watford. <laughs> they'll play in Watford. I thought if ever the man's gonna score again, it's now, but yeah, no. Nah. Dilafeo's finally coming good. Yes. Um, his 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 goal was Pretty pretty snippy. What he scored after seventy six seconds. That's the fastest away goal in the in the league this season. Yeah. And they're off to 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 a win. Looking good. Pookie's the most transferred player out. Yes. Everyone dumps him. I'm about to add which to is that. great. And and people bring in some lesser players. So Vardy and Madison are, are must haves. Abraham's at fifty percent ownership. So if you don't have him, like you you just kind of have to have him. At this point, I think everyone's kind of who's clued up picked him up. He kind of you get some players who just yourself. have a massive game week and everyone chases them and he sits quiet for a while, but he's just consistent. Yeah, um, a man who's not been consistent is Aubameyang, obviously touching on that Arsenal uh, anti-success that's kind of brewing there at the Emirates. He's only after having such a good start to the season, he's not. Yeah, not I sold him for me. Kane, um, but they're both doing pretty terribly. Um, he's got a couple of good runs. Uh, that's the only reason I haven't sold him. He's got um, a couple of easy fixtures um, in in Southampton, who've won, lost four consecutive home matches at St Mary's, and they've got Norwich and then uh, Brighton and then West Ham. So he might be good to hold on to for another two weeks and then flick him over for Vardy or something like that. Yeah, it also seems like a good time to pick up a bunch of City players. You know, the the kind of mentality that Wadiola brews in his squads means that that Liverpool loss is going to be met with kind of 20 successive wins or something stupid. So Liverpool need to keep on their toes, but if you want to keep on your toes in fantasy, I'd say uh, City and uh, Sterling De Bruyne specifically are in my squad. 
but a bit's been made obviously about Joe Gomez and uh, oh Sterling in the England camp, but I don't think that will affect this fantasy at all. Safe pickup, safe pickup. On that note, yeah, I heard, I um, heard that, uh, just touching on that. It's a pretty pretty surprising from Sterling. I um, I read that that Gomez uh, and and Sterling were in the canteen and. Um, Gomez sort of come up from behind him and bent over to, to shake his hand and and um, you know Sterling snapped and, and said so you think you're the bigger man stood up and, and tried to get Gomez in a headlock um, and there's food everywhere and it was a bit of a a childish display from Sterling and they were kind of you're naughty mm. uh, you know off home you go pal yeah, a lot, a lot's been made of the way Southgate's handled it, and it seems to be pretty positive. Most of uh, people rallying behind him seem like, fuck, that's mature, man. You know, you didn't actually let the England camp grow its own ego, which, shit, if you were to put down their kind of missed opportunities of the past couple of generations, it would probably be down to egos. Um, so congrats on Southgate as well. But on that note, uh, if you do want to check out the Everything Football uh, Fantasy League, you can find the link code in the description. We're also uh, the Everything Football group on Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Jogger Benito. You know that means the beautiful game, and we've got some beautiful banter. Love you to join us. Uh, if you do want to check out the Everything Football Fantasy podcast, all of our episodes, all 13 of them now, uh, you can find us on all podcast listening platforms. We'll be back before the start of the next game week. We'll have more banter, probably more revolving around fantasy and the Premier League games ahead. Uh, until then, enjoy and peace out. Oh, no. oh, no. oh, no. oh, no. oh, no.